We're going to continue on in our sermon series that's called Priorities, and we're continuing on this, this morning, and we're looking at your list of priorities, and we're looking at the list of priorities that every Christian really should be living. And, and we discussed this in week one, that if you tried to build a pyramid, if you tried to build a pyramid upside down, what would happen? Right away is going to fall, right? It's going to fall, and that's what happens if, if we put the wrong things in the wrong place. And, and some people do. We, we've got our, our priorities all out of whack, just in the wrong spots, and we wonder why our life is falling apart. Well, it's because we don't have the right things in the right place. And this just isn't simply a list for Christians to follow when it comes to priorities. This is really a list for all mankind. You don't have to be a believer for there to be truth. Amen? You don't have to believe in it for it to be truth. God has created these, just everything in our lives, and he's given us direction. And and if we follow it correctly, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay because that that means God's in charge. That means we're we're following God. According to, here's a website. According to happierhuman.com, your number one priority in your life should be you. Now, according to a uh, women's page on Reddit, your health should be your number one priority. That's your health. Um, According to calendar.com, they say your number one priority should be your well-being and number two should be your relationships. So, are you starting to see? You starting to see the world pointing it in? According to Forbes, your customers should be number one. That kind of makes a little bit more sense. Oh, lifehack.com says that your life mission should be your number one priority. Um, Biggestjob.com says, oh, the biggest job? They say parenting should be your number one priority in your life. And we've talked about that, this in that series. God says, your number one priority in your life should be me. That's what God says. I think he's got a little bit more authority than Forbes.com, right? Think so. God says, your number one priority. And, and we've talked about that. This morning, we're going to move down the list to the second spot. We're going to look at priority number two on your list, or what should be number two on your list, and that is family. There are people... There are Christians, there are people in the church who often will put family before God. And I'll tell you that when these things are in the wrong spot, something is going to go wrong. This is point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you joining us for the first time, on the back of your bulletin, there's some fill in the blanks. I'm going to give you those and they're going to be up on the screen as well. Point number one in your notes is is this, a healthy family system always puts God first. A healthy family system always, always puts God first. When God is first and we have his instructions and his priorities for our lives, then what we're doing is we're, we're living by his example and his instructions. And if we're not living by God's example and God's ex- instructions, here's the question, whose example and instructions are you living by? Hollywood? You know, the average marriage in Hollywood is six years. 
the average American marriage is eight years. Here's a fact. In 2018, there were 700,000, 782,038 divorces or annulments in one year in America. That breaks down to 90 divorces every hour and about one and a half divorces every single minute. 40% of first marriages end in divorce. 60% of second marriages end in divorce. 73% of third marriages end in divorce. And I don't want you to get the idea that, that Christian families are 100% strong and, and they never have problems. No, but Christian families, godly families are, watch this, becoming stronger. We might not all be there yet, but we're growing stronger. So let me, let me um, let's go down here for a moment. What do I mean when I say family? Because we have to have some definitions as we get through this this morning. Family this morning is who I'm talking about are those who you are related to by blood or marriage you have a responsibility to. Those who are responsible for you, you have, uh, and they have connections to other family members. The uh, Greek word portraya is... Um, Really, it's a word that talks about ancestry and lineage, and it talks about family tree. It talks about a tribe or talks about a people, such as, as David, the family of David. His family's huge, but they're all related down the road, right? Family is related to each other. Let me give you some examples. Mom and dad, stepmom, stepdad. I'm going to put those in there too, okay? Brother, sister, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews, and their spouses, grandparents, great-grandparents, and great-great-grandparents. I hope you wrote all of those down. Family that is related to each other. Now, we need to know who is on the family list so that we can know, and this is important, who is not on the family list. And in our world, and we put so many people in a place where they don't belong. And this is going to sound harsh. It really is. But as we study this morning, we're going to find out that there are some things in the wrong priority spot. Some people who are in the wrong priority spot. I had growing up, I had an Uncle Bob. And his wife was Aunt Liz. I had an Uncle Bob. I don't know if anyone else had an Uncle Bob. It took me 12 years to realize that Uncle Bob was not actually my uncle. He wasn't. Does anyone have anyone in your family like that? You've got something, it's like, oh, aunt or uncle or cousin, and they're not. They're close friends of the family, right? So here's the thing. Uncle Bob falls under a different priority. Now, I know he's really close, but we're talking about your family that you are related to by blood. We're talking about the family that God has made you a part of and has circled you with. That's the family that we're talking about today. Now, I'm going to go into another controversial situation. It's the live-in. It's the live-in boyfriend. It's the live-in girlfriend, okay? Your live-in doesn't matter how long she has been there. She is not in this category. The woman, men, the women, the woman who you live with who is not your wife is not your wife. Men, women, ladies, the man who you live with who is not your husband is not your husband. Now we can fix that, right? 
There's ways to fix that. There's, there's areas, and that's a whole different sermon. That's, a, that's another series in itself. But men, you cannot put your girlfriend on the same level as you put your mom. That's the family circle, okay? You can't put that, the gal who lives with you in the thing. You can't put her in the same category as grandma and as mom. If we are willing to live by God's priorities, we're going to recognize who is family in step number two, in priority number two, and who is not. Now, does that mean that we give anyone le less love and attention? No, it just means that we are, we are, this is our priority. God, family, and then we've got other things below that. But see, if we don't know what happens in this, in this number two spot of families, if we don't have God first, what we end up with is broken families. And a lot of us come from broken homes, right? A lot of us have come from homes and, 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 and there's not a, a mom and a dad and a brother and a sister and a picket fence and a puppy, right? That's, that home, man, that looks good on paper, but we just don't come from that anymore. Some of our family comes from different places. They're, they're in different stages in their life, but they're still family. And I want you to see this. This is so important also. Point number two in your notes is this. Nothing comes between God and family on your list of priorities. Nothing comes between God and family on the list of priorities. If you put your job right under God, your job's in the wrong spot. If you put family in the number one spot, family is in the wrong spot. This means everything else comes below family. Your dating life, your job, your education, your hobbies, serving at the church, the church itself, all of your friends, all come below family. Family's that important. When we go back into the Bible, even in the first few pages, we see that God is prioritizing family. He created the very first family. So Adam and Eve, they don't have parents on this list, right? But that's where family started. A man and a woman in a, a garden. And you know who was number one in their life? God. God was number one and God was family to them. And, and he brought them together in, in marriage, and then there is this, this passion that he puts between them, and when used properly, it brings offspring into the family, and this is, now you've got a, a bloodline, and now you've got a family that God has created. He's written the rules to get here. Would it be fair to say that our society has, a long time ago, we kind of kicked out the rule book, thought we were going to do it our own way, and this is what we've got, right? And this is what we got. Doesn't mean that where we are is actually our fault. Somebody back behind us in the generational line didn't put family second and didn't put God first. Somebody back there, I don't know who it was, but that's something that here today, we can't address that. We can address what happens moving forward, where we're going to put our priorities. 
And, and you might have come here today and said, you know what, I am. I'm going, to, I'm going to recognize this and I'm going to move family. Maybe you're moving family down the list. Maybe you're moving them up the list. And, but then the question is like, so what about the people in my family who aren't putting me or putting family in the proper spot on their list? It's like, man, do you even care about your family? Where's family in your priorities? Really? I can tell they're not very high. Right? So we're not here to fix somebody else's priority list. We're really just focusing on our priority list. Let me tell you this. You don't have to be part of the number two priority for somebody else, for somebody else to be part of your number two priority. Doesn't matter where you are on their list. They're always number two on your list. Your family is always there. Doesn't matter where they put you. That's for them to work on. If we have family in priority spot number one, it's in the wrong spot. If we have family in priority spot number five, it is in the wrong spot. Now, as a family and as a family of Christ, each member has their part in a family. Not everyone has the part to be a leader. Not everyone has the job to be supportive. We all have our different roles, and nobody in the family has the responsibility to be passive, especially men. You don't have that job to be passive. If you are not leading your family men, then you don't have family in its proper priority position. That's your job. That's our job. Ladies, I, I want you to... Uh, now. I want you to listen to what I said and, and don't listen to what I didn't say. I didn't say, ladies, that, that you are to always be submissive. We will we'll deal with that in another series later, okay? This is for the guys. You've got a job. Men, this is your responsibility. The position in your family is to be a leader. That's your job. I can tell you statistics for nine days straight about the importance of fathers. Fathers are so important. But we're not training fathers anymore, are we? Our society, you go back into the 60s and the 70s, and there, here comes this cultural phenomenon that, that says, women and moms, you can do this yourself. You don't really need a man. The, your kids, you just raise them, them yourself, and you can do it, and it's totally okay. Children need fathers. They need fathers. We have to step up, guys. This is so important to know what happens when we pass on our brokenness. When we pass on what we learned. Now, I don't know about you, but as a kid, said this, my kids have said this, when I grow up, I don't wanna be anything like my parents, right? So maybe it's time to not be anything like our parents. Maybe it's time not to. The cycle's got to break somewhere. Someone has to put family in a number two position and put God in a number one position. Because if we do what was done to us, we're doing the same thing to our kids. It just, it keeps rolling on. If nobody fixes it, it will always be broken. We can fix it. 
We can fix it by getting uh, our priorities straight and our family in the right spot. I want you to write this down too. This is point number three in your notes this morning. God's direction for your family might not be your preferred direction for your family. Oh, that's kind of deep. God's direction for your family and your direction for your family. Sometimes we like to go up against God and battle him for direction of our family. You know who should win that battle every time? God should win every time. And he shouldn't win by a knockout. He should win by you throwing in the towel and waving the white flag. He shouldn't have to knock you out to get your attention to say he is the champion and the leader in your life. No. You're saying, I surrender. White flag, right? Your side's thrown in the towel. See, if we do it our way, and we just mentioned this, if we do it our way and we do it on our own strength, we say, I can lead this, but, but look what, we, what we've done. Our example is broken family. What we're living in, in broken family with broken people, and there's people in our family who can't even stand each other. I don't know if you've got a family like that. You got anyone that comes to the family reunion, and you're like, oh, this is going to be fun, right? Or, mm, not quite sure how this... So, but you know, God has never, never, never led a family that fights. He's never led a family that is broken. He's given us this manual. He says, stick to this and you're going to be okay. And then we say, you know what? I got this. I got it. Yeah. Let's see, Let's see how, the, how well that did for us, huh? So why do we take all the people from our family, the people who we love, the people who we are supposed to be supporting, and we tell God, you know what? We're, we're going to do this. We're going to do it our way, though. What we do is we, we make excuses. We say things like this. Oh, you know what? But God just wants me to be happy. Oh, have you ever heard that one? Well, God just wants me to be happy, right? We, and and I, will, I will tell you where you hear that most as a pastor. Counseling sessions marriage counseling sessions. We, we hear, God just wants me to be happy and this person doesn't make me happy and this person though makes me happy so it's okay because God just wants me to be happy and, and it's okay now, right? No, it's not. God has a rule book. He's got instructions. He says, stick to this, stick to my rules and we're gonna keep your family together and it's not going to break. God does not care about your happiness. That is not the objective. Happiness does not belong in your number one priority. It doesn't belong in your number five priority. It probably doesn't even belong in your top 10. God's not here. He's not asking for your, your happiness. This is a huge thing to, to millennials and to Gen Z right now. You know, the number one goal in their life is to be happy. Just leave me alone. Just let me be happy. God is not concerned about your happiness. God is concerned about your obedience. That's what God's concerned about. And you know what? Believe it or not, being obedient to God brings happiness. Wow, isn't it amazing how that works? 
Isn't it amazing how that works? Following his instructions for our life brings us the things that we were trying to get to on our own. Following God's direction can bring us that happiness. So we're going to start looking at some scripture and looking at this priority list. And I'm going to take us all the way back to Genesis chapter 2. We read this, Then the Lord made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why he, a man leaves his mother and father and is united with his wife, and they become one flesh. God created man first, then out of man, he creates woman, his partner, and this is all done on purpose. Now, we can't argue this. Men have some qualities that women don't have. Guys, women have some qualities that men don't have. It's really important. We weren't built, we weren't built the same. God knew what he was doing when he designed the matriarch and the patriarch of our, of our family systems as one man and as one woman. And, and he designed this passion to become offspring. And verse number 24, it tells us this, that, that men, you're not supposed to substitute your parents in the position of your wife. Those are different priorities. It's amazing that God has to address this really early on in the Bible, because I think he knows that some guys are gonna have problems with this. In order for two people to become one flesh, let me tell you what you need. You need three things. You need a man, you need a woman, and you need a mother-in-law out of the picture. That's what you need. Those three things, you really, you, you know what, yeah. And it doesn't matter which mother-in-law, you both need to get out of the picture. One flesh, you're not part of it. We'll let you know when you can babysit, right? Married men, if mom is still a problem, if mom is still getting involved in your marriage, maybe her priority's in the wrong spot, but you're the leader, right? You're the leader, God first, family first, priorities. She is not supposed to substitute or be in the place of your wife. Mother and father, children, we're putting the family together now. It's really important. And, and now we, we actually see rules in the Ten Commandments. I'm going to come to Exodus chapter 20. I'm in verse number 12. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord has given you. We could do an entire sermon series on honoring your father and your mother. And I know, again, some of us don't have a really good relationship with our earthly bio parents. We might have a mom or a dad that you haven't seen for a long time, you don't talk to, the relationship has is, is, is been just destroyed. Remember, somebody, somebody had their priorities out of whack at one point. We can put them back. We can put them back. But somebody did. As a family, your marriage is a priority. Your kids are a priority. When we start making up what marriage is supposed to be, we're going to get it wrong. It has already been defined. Can't change that. 
It's already been defined. These relationships and these relationship roles have already been defined for us. So when we start messing things up that God has put into truth, what we get is untruth. We get falsehood. You know what happens when man touches things that God has created? We stain them, right? We mess things up. Here's what God wants for your marriage. He wants our marriage to work, and he wants our marriages to last. That's what God wants. He's not, he's, he's not just here for your happiness. That's not what he wants. He doesn't want you to be happy. And, and, and some people go into marriage knowing. They're like, well, okay. I had my dad pay for this amazing wedding. Look at all of this. And, and man, the photos look great. But I know for 35 bucks, I can go down to the courthouse and get out of this real quick. Right? There's people who go into marriage knowing that I can get out of it as easy as I got into it. And what that does is it ruins the true meaning of marriage. Follow me here. When we're not treating marriage properly, the way that God designed it, we are devaluing the word marriage. We are devaluing what God has created in the family structure. The Apostle Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Paul writes this, To the married I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband. Eh, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and the husband should not divorce his wife. Now, we're not going to get into our modern-day roles now and biblical roles. Again, another, another sermon. The, the Bible here does say that there's instructions here, okay? And Paul says the wife, or he says the husband, should not separate. You have no leeway. See, he gives the wife here, if she does, she should remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. So he gives her a little bit of leeway here. Little bit. Guys, you have none. No leeway here. And the husband should not divorce his wife. Period. There's a period right there. I didn't write the book. Look, Paul wrote the book. This is God-inspired words that wrote this book. Now, guys... How many men, young men, do we know who are starting off with their priorities in the wrong spot? And can we be an example to them? Or do we want to be an example to them right now the way that we are? Watch what Paul writes to the church in Colossae. I'm in Colossians chapter 3, verse number 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. And then Paul writes something similar to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, your number two priority is your family and your family starts with your wife. But your wife is not your number one priority. God is your number one priority, and there is nothing between God and your wife. There's nothing in the middle between there. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, in, the, in another letter from Paul, he says, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, 
The head of the wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. So men, biblically and according to God's design in family, you are designed to lead. Men, our job, your job is to lead. If you are not leading your family, your priorities are off track. You are not designed to be passive. He designed men to find find a wife, marry a wife, become one together. We're going to read this from the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find? She is more precious than jewels. Guys, how many times have you said that to your wife? You are more precious than jewels. If you haven't today, you better today. You really should, okay? So make sure that she hears that. Proverbs 14, verse number one says this. A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. Wow, can we see that in our life? A wise woman builds her home, but a foolish woman tears it down. What does it take to build a home? What does it take? And... It's not all for the, for the woman to do to, to build the home. And we're not, talking about, we're not talking about a hammer and nails, guys. We're not, that's, not, that's not it. Ladies, can I ask, you know what it takes? You know what I mean when I say building a home? Guys, you might not get it, but I've been watching some HGTV. It's totally different than what we're thinking. It really is. Like building a home? Like that is, remember when I said we're built differently? Yeah, building a home is different than building a house, right? Definitely different than building a house. Titus chapter two, verse number four. This is Paul, he's, he's, he's giving some direction to one of his disciples named Titus, and he says, the older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and to be pure and to work in their homes and do good. We're, this, this, this isn't the submissive thing. Right now, again, we're talking about women, you have a role. You have a role to teach other women, right? You have a role to be an example, to show others, to say, all right, millennials and Gen Z with absolutely no direction, you're you're not paying attention to God at all. You can be the voice of women to girls who will be women soon. And if we don't get that influence there, it's going to be even a harder time in their generation when their generation grows up. See, mainly what's going to happen is if you start living in your family roles, people are going to notice it. Not just the people in your family, but people around you are going to notice it. And and, and you know why? It's because you're living outside of cultural norms. To live in a godly family structure is to live outside of cultural norms. Our culture is going to hate everything that I'm talking about this morning. Actually, everything in this sermon series. To be a Christian means that you are going to look different than our society. You're going to look different. By definition, you are different, and people will see you as different. And now, I want them to see your family as different, and your attention to your family as different. I'm going to read you more from Proverbs. This is chapter 31, verse 25, and and this is such an honor 
to women to read this in the book of Proverbs. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing in la from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. This is the husband saying that. You say that later, guys. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Amen? Yes. Guys, I'll tell you what. If you have a woman who fears the Lord in your life, that is better than any woman that society is going to tell you that you have to have. It really is. That is the best quality that you could ever find. So mom and dad, you have priorities. One is to your marriage, to, to stay together, to work through it, to make it work. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. They should say that on marriage licenses, right? They really should. Are you sure you wanna sign this? This isn't going to be easy. You say, you know what? God's my number one priority, my family's number, priority number two. I know it's not gonna be easy, but I know I'm following God's rule for this. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be okay. Then you've got a priority to your offspring. Read this in Timothy. I'm in Timothy chapter five, verse number eight. Anyone who does not provide for their own relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Now that's kind of harsh, sounds kind of harsh. But if we're part of a family and we're not providing for our family, we just show up, we're just using the house as a place to sleep and we're out, right? We know people, we all know people. That's not family, that's not our role. You have a priority as a Christian and to the relatives in your household, and it doesn't matter if you are the husband or the wife, you have a biblical priority to your family. And here's the thing, it doesn't matter if you're a believer or not, these priorities, they're still there, the truth is still there, your family still should be in number two spot. They are always there and there's nothing between there and God. So we have this godly defined family, mom, dad, offspring, and a dedication and a commitment to each other. But what about the kids? What about them? Write this down, this is point number four in your notes this morning. Your children know what your family priorities are or aren't. Your children know what your family priorities are or what they aren't. They see it. They see it every day. They see what you do. They see who you're with. They see where your attention goes. Your children know more than you think you, that they know, right? They do. In Ephesians chapter six, we read this. And this is Paul, again, writing to the church in Ephesus. 
And we always read this in, in, in Sunday school. Not as much here from this stage, but we should. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first command with a promise. Go back to the Ten Commandments, read through them. It actually has a promise in that command. It's really cool. That it may be well with you, that you may live a long life in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parenting techniques. You know, how, how do I do this parent thing? If you're going to YouTube for parenting advice, wrong spot. Wrong place to start. God first, family second, right? If God's first, let's see what he has to say about raising our kids first. And now maybe we can go to our family, right? So we've got that priority. Proverbs chapter 22 again. Start children off the way that they should go. And even when they were old, they will not turn from it. You gotta start them off right. Would it be fair to say that some of us may not have been started off right? Maybe. We can't do anything about that. But we can do something about our kids, is starting them off right. As a parent, you're a leader. Again, you know that God, we already talked about this, God is not concerned about our happiness. He's concerned about our obedience. If we're looking at God as an example, why don't we parent that same way? You know what happens when we say, I just want my kids to be happy? Oh, wow. They're going to eat all the sugar as soon as you turn around. All the cookies are gone, right? God says, it's not your happiness I'm after, it's obedience that I'm after. That's what's keeping us on this path. First Timothy chapter three, verse number four. He's talking to the men again. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. Now, that's not keeping them in a cage. But children, you need to honor your parents. You do. And men, sometimes we need to be a little bit stronger than we are being with our instruction and with our correction. Correction is there to make things correct. It's things to get things closer to correct. If we are disciplining, if there is correction needed, by default there is something that is not correct. And we're moving, we're moving back. Dad's keeping your kids submissive. Also is going to ask them to honor their mother. Dads, you know how much influence you have over your kids honoring their mother? Now, I know, let's call a spade a spade. Their mother might not be your wife. I get that. Their mother still reserves respect. She does. And your family now that we're working on getting into right priorities deserves respect. You are to lead your family. You are to lead these children and you might need to correct them. So the family structure, it's not quite perfect, but the children need to honor their mother. Dads, we've got a job to do in making sure that happens. Colossians chapter three, verse number 20 says, children obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And we've heard that. As children of God, yeah, we're all adults. 
but we're still spiritually young, right? Are there some of us that are spiritually babes, right? We're young. If we obey our Father in everything, this pleases the Lord. 1 Peter 3, just got a couple of more and we're going to wrap up. Peter writes, likewise, wives, be subject to your husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Wow. Ladies, you have a lot of influence. You really do. And Peter's saying, all right, ladies, even if he's not a believer, let him see Christ through you. Let him see Christ through what you do in your life, the way that you treat people. Let him know, you know what? I know that you're not a believer. In, in my priority list, God first, family second. I know that you're not there, but I'm gonna treat you as you are because I want you to see Christ. You can bring others along. First Peter chapter three, verse number seven. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. Guys, she is an heir with you. She's not an heir, you can come on up, David. She's not an heir below you. She's not an heir above you. She is, not an, she is an heir with you. These blessings come to you as a couple because you are now one flesh. One flesh. We've all got roles. And these roles are really, really important to keep priorities in line, God, family. Let me tell you something. By the time we leave church today, there's going to have been another 112 divorces that were started between the time you got here and the time you leave here. And before you go to bed tonight, 1,100 divorces have started between the time you came to church today and the time you went to bed. It's all about priorities. Happiness isn't in the top five. It's not in the top 10. When God is number one, and we follow his direction for our lives, we don't end up where we are. We don't end up in this. Now it takes a lot of people following his direction to get things back on track. But we can start with one. We can start with one person. We can start with me. Getting things back on track. So far in our sermon series, we've covered two priorities. God and family. And just in those two, we might recognize that something is out of place. If it is, let's work on that. 
Let's work on getting the top two right. Because we've got three more in this, in this series. But these top two are so important. Because I'll leave you this, and we talked about this. There's a trickle-down effect. If God is number one, and family's here, God's going to trickle down to your family. He's going to be your influence there, right? And then your job, we're going to talk about that later too. And we're going to talk about church. And we're going to talk about yourself later too. But if you put yourself on top, and you're the influence on everything else, everything else at best gets the best of what you can give it. And compared to what God can do, that's not very much. God's got to be number one. And this week I pray that your family becomes number two. Will you pray with me?